0: Hey there friends, welcome to Books That Shape Us. My name is Meg Runyon. I'm an artist, coach, and avid book lover. What's my favorite kind of book? It's the book that speaks to my soul. I'm endlessly fascinated by the power of stories to awaken us and change our lives. And the great thing is, any kind of book can speak to the soul. Join me as I chat with friends new and old about the books that captured their imaginations and shaped their lives. We talk about novels, personal development, nonfiction, classics, and children's books. All genres are welcome here. We also share reading memories, books we're reading now, and those embarrassing moments when we mispronounce a word in public. It's a lot of fun. Oh, and a quick heads up, we do occasionally use some salty adult language, so be aware of that. Now get comfy and let's get into books that shape us. Hey everyone, welcome to Books That Shape Us. Uh, we are here with another episode, which just me and talking about another aspect of books and reading and stories and. Today, I want to share with you, I think it's something that we all do instinctually, but I want to talk about it a little bit more specifically as well. And that is this idea of putting yourself in the story. You know, I think that, like I said, that happens instinctually and we do it uh, you know from a young age of you know running around pretending we're you know Luke Skywalker or we're Harry Potter or we're Wonder Woman or you know maybe we're Nancy Drew solving mysteries and we just as children can often have that like just make that connection of like i'm going to be this person and and i think good storytelling no matter what format it is or what media it is, whether it's books or movies or shows, they really draw you in and you can be a part of the action. You can, you know feel what the main characters are feeling. And I think that is something that deserves a little bit more attention and also, you know, not just from an entertainment, perspective, but also from a reflective perspective. It's something that's like it's cool when it just happens naturally and you know you just you just sucked into the story. And and then there are other times where you can be a little bit more intentional and reflective about ooh, how does it feel to be in that book or in that story? And I think there's you know, just a treasure of, of insight when we practice this. Now, I want to say, I don't do this with everything. Like, I don't do this necessarily with every book. Because reading can be just for fun. Uh, I don't want to come across as just saying, like, anytime you read a book, put yourself into the character. I don't want anything heavy like that, but this is a practice that I, I use now and again of intentionally putting myself into a story, into a book, into the characters and reflecting on that and, and learning more about myself. I find it expands my compassion, my empathy, um, I kind of, as I I talked in a previous episode, it helps the story like make its way into my bones, um, bring the experience a little bit deeper. So, I think I first came across this being more conscious about doing this uh, when I was younger and and growing up. Like I said, I feel I feel like we just we do this instinctually. It it just happens and. Maybe as we get older and we use our imagination less, which I think is not that great. I think imagination should always be a part of, of who we are, no matter what age. I think our imagination helps us stay young, um, stay curious. And so, but, you know, there's that phenomenon of like, you know, your imagination might be a little bit easier to tap into when you're younger. So sorry, lost my train of thought. So it's something that putting ourselves in the story is something that happens to us instinctually. And I think it's something we can also cultivate and learn more when we do that. So, like I said, I think I first came across this concept when I was younger. I I grew up in the Christian tradition, Christian family, and we went to a Christian family camp in the summers and it was absolutely lovely and it was as I look back on it now just I'm just so fascinated at how much imagination and creativity where was like, like built into the programming in this camp so one of the things we did at this family camp was Like the mornings were a little bit more structured than the afternoons. And in the mornings, we had this like kind of movement exercise portion. And then you could go to the next thing that we did was choose a creative activity. It was called creatives. And the one, the camp that I went to had three. It was creative art. So drawing sketching that kind of a thing. Uh the other one was creative writing and then the third was creative drama. Creative drama was one of those It's it's one of those like it's so funny to think about now as an adult of just how how awkward it could be and like it's kind of improv uh so it's really really funny let me tell you what it was what we did so with creative drama and it was all ages like this was a family camp so you know you had adults you had little kids and what we did in creative drama was as a group you would decide on a story from the bible to reenact anywhere in the bible new testament old testament didn't matter and then without reading the Bible as a group, we would come up with the story, the plot, the the details, like all from memory. And we, you know, brainstormed it as a group. And then people would choose or volunteer to be certain roles. So you not, and not only like the human roles, um, sometimes people would volunteer because I think if I remember right, I think they tried to get everyone who wanted to be a part of it be a part of it. So people could play the role of rocks and trees and other inanimate objects. Animals, which are animate objects, but like, you know, non-human roles, including inanimate objects. And and then we would basically roughly improv the scene. And then at the end, we would share how it felt to be a part of that story. And, you know, it wasn't just about like, hey, let's ask the person who played Jesus, how did they feel playing Jesus? But also asking, you know, the people who played the crowd or people who played the donkey, or people who played the rocks and the trees, or someone who played maybe a stream, how they experienced the story. It was really fascinating, because it gave you different perspectives on what could be a very familiar story. You know, full disclosure, you know, I'm still, as far as faith goes, you know, definitely have like, a Christian flavor to my faith, but I definitely more on this, you know, at this point in my life, lean more spiritual, not so much concerned with dogma and and whose and, um, way is the right way kind of a thing. Like, I, I love learning from other spiritual religious traditions, wisdom from all kinds of traditions and, and yeah, my background's Christianity. Um, but definitely, definitely more, more open. So, I mean, that's just, just wanted to be clear about that, I guess. And so this, this practice of creative drama, you know, and sometimes what has really, it's been interesting to like, as I've been doing books that shape us, this podcast, Seeing how this practice of creative drama has kind of informed, influenced how I read books, how I read stories. Again, I don't think about this every time I read a book, but this idea of putting myself in the story and not just as the main character, but, you know, what's it like to be one of the side characters what aspects of the villain like how does it how does it feel to be the villain kind of a thing and it really does enrich the experience of books so that's that was like my first conscious interaction with that idea of putting yourself in the story and as i got older like in my 20s i discovered some authors that would talk about carl jung and this idea of archetypes and how like myths are like these archetypal stories that can inform our life this idea of there are just these recurring themes in stories from all different cultures all different times and you can, to some degree, boil these stories down and you find these common themes, these common characters, these common archetypes that that come out of just, I think, the human experience. So that meant, you know, I was discovering Carl Jung, for one, um, discovering uh, Joseph Campbell. And... Other authors like Thomas More, who wrote a book called Care of the Soul, Jean Sinead Bolin, who wrote the book Goddesses in Every Woman and also Gods in Every Man, but talk about mythology and how, by looking at them through an archetypal lens, seeing the characters in, archety- in, in stories and in myths seeing how they represent the human experience. That was fascinating to me. And, you know, another, another author I found in my 30s was uh, Clarissa Pincola Estes, who wrote the book, Women Who Run With the Wolves. And again, it's this book about not just, she goes with like fairy tales of, of a few different cultures. Um, myths and, but also, but fairy tales as well. Of like, these fairy tales have these legends. These myths have have these archetypal themes in them as well. And what happens when you see yourself in that fairy tale? Like, for example, Sleeping Beauty. What part of you is asleep? That might need to be woken up with, with love? And also, what if you are both of those characters? I think that was one of the mind blowing things for me in those, when in, coming across these concepts of like, you're not just one character in these stories. What if all of these characters are in? you. And that, looking at it through that perspective was fascinating and still fascinates me. And, you know, at times I will do that with, with books. Like when I was getting ready to share this, this episode, this, this topic with you, and I was remembering, uh, different, different books and different moments where I felt like, Oh, I am all these characters. Or, what if all these characters were a part of me? And so I thought about Harry Potter, and it was a fun experiment of like, okay, what if, what if I am Harry? You know, what if Harry, Harry is a part of my persona? But then, what if? What if Voldemort, the big the big villain in the Harry Potter series. What part of me, what if Voldemort is a part of me? Or what part of me is reflected in Voldemort? You know that that desire for for power, for immortality, that fear that you can't trust anyone, that you need to control is that inside me? And, and and, I mean, the answer is yes, but what if I, that I recognize that and not, you know, and accept it and welcome it, not necessarily let it, uh, uh, control my life or direct my life, but just acknowledge that that part, that is a part of me, that that is in me. So yeah, like thinking about the different characters of Harry Potter, like We've got Harry, we've got Voldemort, there's Professor Snape, who was ridiculed as a young child and how that influenced him and how he's really sensitive about being mocked and he lashes out. What part of me has, has Dumbledore, the, the wise, caring teacher, guide? You know, what part of me is Ron? The kind of, kind of goofy, kind of, kind of clueless at times, but very loyal to to Harry. What part of me is Hermione? The uh, the inquisitive. I'm going to learn all this stuff. I'm going to be a master at these skills. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a know it all kind of a thing. You can find everything you need in a book. Uh and you know what part of me is reflected in Draco, who, you know, is a bit of a snob and likes to know who's in and who's out, and and yet also has some, you know, in the stories, you know, has a moment of, you know, maybe compassion or empathy. You know, he near the end of the stories, he becomes a little bit more complicated a little bit more three-dimensional so that's just a little example of how you can play around with like putting yourself in a story but also seeing how you are a part of all those characters and what does that what does that mean and in you know these this young Carl Jung tradition of seeing archetypes, you're also like welcoming all of those personas, you know, and, and through doing that, what can you learn about yourself? Can you welcome the part of yourself that is afraid, the part of you that maybe withdraws instead of reaches out, the part of you that's scared? And instead of making those parts of you, what Jung would call, Carl Jung Jung would call the shadow, that shadow side of of you, that, that rejected part of you, that part of you that you don't like, what if you offer it love and acceptance and welcome? And that is a way of coming to wholeness, of acknowledging that you have all these different aspects of yourself. And yes, some are more celebrated than others. And some may have more strength than others. But that all of you is welcome. Can you welcome that shadow side? And there's a lot of great teachers out there who talk about the shadow of, of Your persona of like how to welcome that side of you, the rejected side of you, and how that can help bring you to wholeness, bring you to a deeper understanding and a deeper acceptance of yourself. And I think stories are how we do that. Because it's easier to see the story play out in other characters than maybe. Bringing it inward first. And then we can start to accept those sides of us that we might not be as excited about. It can also help, like I said before, bring that compassion and empathy of, like, oh, yeah, Professor Snape was a jerk, but he'd also was teased and bullied, and was an outsider when he was young. And that's, you can feel compassion and empathy for, for that character. And then maybe the next step is, what part of me has felt the same same way? So yeah, it can get really, really deep. And that's something that you can journal about, you can read more about shadow work if you're interested. But you can also you know, make it a little bit light too, of just like, ah, oh, what if I was Dumbledore? Or what if I was other characters that I, of course my mind is drawing a blank now. So fill in whatever your favorite Harry Potter character is. You know What would it be like to be Luna? Or or Neville or Hagrid or you know there's a lot of great characters in Harry Potter, and that's probably why my mind went there of just like there's so many. So yeah, putting yourself in the story I think is a great way to interact with with stories, interact with books. And again, I don't do it with all of them. But, you know, from time to time, it's it's really neat for me to like put that hat on of like, okay, I'm going to look at these characters through the lens of how are they a part of my persona already? And what strengths do I want from the different characters? And what parts of me need healing that might be represented in some of the villainous, villain adjacent characters? Um, you know i think that's why we love stories like the loki series in the marvel cinema universe of just like hey let's explore this trickster and get to know a little bit more about what makes him tick like i said i think this naturally comes out but when we put do it intentionally it can really bring out more understanding of ourselves and i think understanding of others so that's that's what I wanted to talk about today. So, some of the books that I mentioned, some of the authors I've mentioned, like Thomas More, who wrote Care of the Soul, Jean Sinead Bolin, who wrote Goddesses in Every Woman and Gods and Every Man, and Clarissa Pinkola Estes, who wrote Women Who Run with the Wolves. Those three are all a part of my book list that I've put together. So if you're curious, I have a downloadable book list uh that's just it's not an exhaustive list it's just a list of books that have over the course of my life changed me shaped me and i put this list together as a way to like share it with you and to also you know maybe spark some interest of you know these are the books that have opened me up and changed me and you know feel free to Download. I would love you to download that list, but also, like you know, you can read some, you can read all, you could read none. But as a way of just like, hey, here are some books that I, I absolutely love, and have changed me, and I wanted to share that with you. Also, it has a list of the first eighteen books, the fir- the books featured in the first eighteen episodes of Books That Shape Us. If you want a, a quick reminder and you know it's just a way to like get some new book recommendations and they're books from all different genres because i love books from all different genres i mean i do have my favorite go-to genres types of books um how many times can i say the word genre one of the things i love is just like making sure that you know all kinds of books can change us and inspire us it doesn't have to be the serious we're going to change your life type books So that book list is there. The link is in the show notes. I would love you to download it as just like a place to start. And yeah, you know, maybe this week think a little bit about, you know, what's a story that has meant a book, movie, play, whatever story that has influenced you played a role in your life and think about the characters in that book, all of them and spend some time reflecting like what part of me or what if each of those characters was a reflection of me or like I have aspects of all those characters in me. Yeah. And see what happens. So until next time, happy reading, everyone.